What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The Neverland Podcast is brought to you by Roku. You can find information about this wonderful streaming device and any other sponsors I have on my website, NeverlandPodcast.com, looking on the left side of the screen. C-3PO. Loki. Mace Windu. Dr. Bruce Banner. Captain Rex. Venom. Princess Leia, Jean Grey, Darth Maul, Nick Fury, Grand Moff Tarkin, Captain America, Lando Calrissian, Cyclops. What do all these characters have in common? Well, two of them were played by Samuel L. Jackson. A couple of them were played by Hammer Films veterans Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Come on, guys. You know this. Well, of course we do, Jessica. Just like Mickey Mouse and Captain Jack Sparrow, they're all now Disney characters. Hello, I'm Tracy of the Disney Indiana Podcast, and my co-host Scott and I enjoy talking about all aspects of the House of Mouse, and that includes their newest properties, Marvel and LucasArts. We also talk about Disney resorts, the cruise line, theme parks, and whatever else Mickey has to offer. Which includes movies, imagineering, video games, and collectibles. You'll never know what we'll decide to talk about. So check us out at www.disneyindiana.com or do a search for the Disney Indiana Podcast on iTunes. Because now we've got a lot more to talk about. And don't forget about those other quote-unquote Disney characters like, well, Sully. Fozzie Bear. Buzz Lightyear. Link Hogthrob. Doug. Janice. Merida. Pepe. Bruce. Ralph the Dog. Wally. The Disney Indiana Podcast. Even after five years, we're still miles away from the nearest Main Street, USA. We're not listed on the map, but you can join us at www.disneyindiana.com. Use that leveling thing here, uh, uh, that whatever it was called. I downloaded it yesterday while you were telling me about it, so. Yep. So I do have that. So even if you're a little funky, I guess apparently I can fix that now. You're very nice. <clears throat> I'm just let so you know when you're back on mic and I'll... You can f- fix my funkiness. Well, somebody has to, I guess, sometimes. There you go. The Neverland Podcast, episode 23. Welcome to Neverland. Take a start of the right and start until morning. Hello, Neverlanders. This is me, once again, your host, Jeremy, telling you it's time to pull out that pixie, wave her around, get some of that dust going, get you a happy thought, and we're going to fly off to Neverland for a really great show today. I'm going to keep my comments here very short at the beginning because I have a, a good, lengthy conversation I know you're going to enjoy. Some of you may have recognized the voice there in the little bit of the intro. Uh, it is the voice of Paul Barry, which well, I will give him an introduction later. 
But I think the best way that I can introduce him, uh, I I was just listening actually to his 200th episode. I'm kind of digging through. He podcast a window to the magic at windowtothemagic.com. And somebody had asked him, uh, he does this Friend of the Magic Gathering, He somebody had asked him what his favorite part of his show was, and he gave us such a great answer that I thought, you know what, if I really want to introduce people to who Paul Barry is and why I think you're going to enjoy this show, you just have to hear what he said. My favorite portion of A Window to the Magic is right here, right now. Every time I walk into the park and I meet someone, I see someone that I've seen before, I meet someone new, somebody says, your window to the magic, and we go and have an adventure. I tell people, come up to me and say, hi, you know, if I'm recording, don't worry about it, you're part of the show. Because it is all about the experience of being at the Disney theme parks and resorts. So being there is being with friends and having a good time and enjoying what Walt created and listening to it. And the fact that I can walk through the park, capture that, and send that to you guys. It's not actually a part of the show. It is the show. So Window to the Magic is my favorite portion of a Window to the Magic. And there you have it. You know, I hope if Neverland ever manages to reach that 200-episode mark that uh, I have had as much an impact on people's lives as he has and have garnered that many people who just uh, enjoy listening to his show and enjoy meeting him in the parks. Uh, but uh, with that, before I get going with that interview, I'll go ahead and throw out a little bit of nerd news just because there are two big stories that have popped out. Uh, there is a potential reboot for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers coming in the form of a movie. Uh, I am only interested in this and the fact that I should probably cover it for those of you who maybe were fans of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I wasn't, but uh, you know what? I will. I'll keep an ear open, just kind of like I'm keeping an ear open for Jim, and still probably in some time in the future we'll, we'll focus a show around the Power Rangers if I can find a good Power Ranger fan to come on the show and tell me about them. And why they liked him. Uh, second piece of news that just kind of popped up today is Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been picked up for a second season. Also, uh, a new series will be coming, has been approved on ABC, uh, uh, focusing around Agent Peggy Carter, last seen in Captain America, the first Avenger. All right, well, without further ado, let's get on with it. All right, Neverlanders, we have a special guest once again this week. Uh, you know, of course, the, the big theme we've always had, and I always tell you at the end of the show, to keep your picks in your pocket, not under your couch where you keep your boogers, but keep your picks in your pocket. That way, as you're going along, you can pull her out anytime you need, shake a little of that pixie dust, and get yourself some happy thoughts so you can kind of have a little bit of an escape from whatever it is you're having to do. And uh, this next guest really fits for me because I'm, you know, since I work as a courier, I'm in my car, I'm driving all the time, so what else do I have to do besides listen to some podcasts and so one of the favorite ones i actually you know like to listen to all the time and i'm going through his back catalog still because it really does take you out of the car and let you kind of get your imagination going and kind of take you away from yourself is i love listening to window to the magic with our host paul berry say hello hello so paul berry is on here with us host of the window to the magic you can find it at window to the magic.com uh i believe you're on itunes but i don't think you're on stitcher are you i am on itunes i am on stitcher awesome i, I am everywhere under window to the magic right 
Or sometimes WTTM. I have enjoyed uh, the 24-hour shows that you've done, too. Oh, the uh, the real-time audio adventure WTTM 24. Yeah, those are fun. Oh, yeah. So far, I, what I did with the uh, the first show is when I landed on the date that you actually went to that, I just stopped listening to everything else except for that one series since it was complete, and I just listened to it straight 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, it's a, they're, they're about uh, 15, 16 hours long, and it is continuous audio. Uh, from the minute we, uh, well, typically myself and my co-host, Mouseketeer Greg, get together and we call each other when we're ready to go. And uh, you've listened to just season one, correct? Yeah, I've only heard the first one so far. Okay. So in, in that one, we were both in hotels. In, this, uh, in season two, I'm at my house still when I leave because I have moved down to Southern California now. And so for the first hour while I'm driving to the park, you get to hear Mouseketeer Greg walking around the park kind of killing an extra magic hour. Oh, cool. And then as we pull off the freeway, then my audio comes in. And for those of you who don't know, uh, the reason that there's two streams of audio is because they happen in two different ears. So when Greg and I are in two different places, you hear my audio in one ear and his audio in the other ear simultaneously. And uh, while you think that that's probably a mess... Uh, it's your ears, you, your brain is really amazing. It can handle stereo. And that's what two channels of audio is. And even if that's two people in two different places, it can process it. Yeah, and you can kind of choose what you want to kind of focus your attention on. It's like, oh, hey, he's doing this over here. So let me listen over here and kind of pay attention. And and then, of course, you two meet in the same area. Like a, part of the, a lot of the fun with the first one is when you were all meeting together for lunch. The conversation was hilarious. Uh, let's see, because I think what you had uh, Clinton from uh, Comedy Forecast, I think, meet with you there. Available uh, at ComedyForecast.com. Yep. <laughs> I've listened to his show a few times, too. <laughs> yeah, he's a good friend of mine. He comes out and hangs out with us at the uh, at the Friends of the Magic event, which I think we're going to touch on later. But uh, yes, we are good to see him once a year, and it's uh, it's good because he lives in the Boston area, so we're not exactly neighbors. <laughs> yeah, not exactly. Yeah, that's the thing about uh, I'm, as I've slowly gotten into the podcast community, I've realized wow, we're just people from all over the place, and yeah, I've found out that I'm wow, I'm now I'm in contact with this person and uh, that person and. It's neat how this all just kind of comes together, and that's kind of a lot of what you seem to do with the Friends of, Friends of the Magic is you're bringing a lot of Disney podcasts together to kind of do this big event at Disneyland, which is awesome. Right. The uh, the Friends of the Magic is actually born out of a previous podcast network that I was part of, and, uh, you know, as is uh, the the typical activity in this country when you're not happy where you are you go someplace else and start one of your own right you don't complain about the people that are there you go and you do what you want to do and so what i did was i you know said that i was leaving this particular place and i was going over to begin a new one and i brought some of my friends along with me and uh, i brought over uh, what tony from above the fireplace uh, and that's actually above the firehouse podcast <laughs> we tease like him for that <laughs> yep he hates that <laughs> and uh, let's see we have gary chambers from the mouse lounge and scott and tracy from the disney indiana podcast love their show too Yep, and then Scott uh, Veers uh, goes by Mortis, and he uh, is from the Mortis Matinee podcast. He's currently over in the Middle East uh, fighting to keep us free. So wow. thank you very much, Scott, for uh, taking some time off from your podcast to go and serve your nation. 
Wow, I'm going to have to start listening to his show because I, I hadn't really stepped out to it yet. Because I've got so many podcasts I listen to that I'm I'm afraid I'll have so many I won't be able to squeeze in listening to the old ones because I'm trying to keep up with the new ones. Well, you have to you you have to watch a movie and listen to their show. So because <laughs> they they watch a movie and then they talk about the show. That's why it's called the Mortis Matinee. Ah. And so they'll, you know, they'll watch Pete's Dragon and then they'll sit down and it's his entire family. So all his girls and, and his wife and he sit down and talk about the uh, the movie from each of their unique perspectives. Huh. Yep. And so that's a good pixie dust kind of method, too, to kind of take yourself out of your wherever you're stuck working when you're behind a desk or behind the wheel. And you're like, OK, well, I have to pay attention to what I'm doing, but my ears and my brain are free to just chill out. <laughs> Well, that's like Ricky Briganti from Inside the Magic. At one point, he was listening to, I think it was Clinton and Patrick and I walking through Animal Kingdom, and Ricky was driving north on the on the I four in Florida, and he was headed to work at the time. And as he was listening to us at Animal Kingdom, all of a sudden, he just realized that he had driven past his exit. <laughs> and he was just, he was so in, in what we ended up calling it an imagication. Yep. He, t he took an imagication to Animal Kingdom while he was actually driving down the freeway, which I can't decide is really cool or really dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that. I think you were, uh, when you were first riding uh, Expedition Everest, I think it was, because he was kind of, he on his show, he was talking about how he was reliving riding Expedition Everest while he was driving down the road, just listening in. <laughs> yep. And then all of a sudden he woke up. Yeah. So far I haven't had that problem happen to me because I am on the road listening to all these shows. But uh, I think the nice thing when I'm listening to your show, I have never been to Disneyland, so I don't have anything to compare it to. I just enjoy the sounds and the, the background music. And when you get close to the carousel over there that plays the Disney music through old-style carousel instruments, I just love listening to it. And uh, oh, even a, a recent show you did, you were by uh, – Oh, I thought some sort of an animation type of thing that somebody had requested. You just sit out there and record the loop, and it went through all these different songs. And I, I was just loving it the whole time. And actually, it was what inspired the show that I recorded with Tim Levine, which uh, by the time everyone hears this will have been a couple of weeks ago. I was thinking, wow, you know, this music really kind of takes you places when you listen to it. So, you know, it would be a nice discussion to talk about all those different favorite songs that kind of take you back and have a memory associated that just make you feel good. Yep. That uh, that show was for my uh, my good friend Josh Twelves, who just turned 38. And he said, uh, as a birthday present to me, would you go to California Adventure and record the animation building animation loop? And so I stood in there and watched the uh, that beautiful room for a little over a half an hour uh, until the uh, stuff looped. And that came out to be a pretty good show. Yeah, it was. It was wonderful. I loved it. Well, so, good. I have I have a. Uh... Oh no! Yeah, simpatico, I guess, with uh, with your friend there. <laughs> we like the same thing. Just love just sitting and listening to the music. I was going to say you're both 38. Not quite. I'm about to turn 37, so I'm a little bit behind. Oh, I see. Okay. I so know I the voice is like I'm still 12 years old. I'm sure, but uh... that's right. Are your parents okay with this conversation? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if they they know I'm having it. So shh. <laughs> so. Yeah, and my wife knows I'm doing it at least, so uh, she's actually in the other room watching Frozen for I don't know how many times now. Let it go. Exactly. Actually, she was just building a snowman about five minutes ago, and I had to tell her, turn it down. I'm expecting a call in here, would you? Make it so. stop. 
<laughs> okay, so while we're uh, talking about the subject of Window to the Magic and how it is a, a great escape, really, when you're especially when you're on the road like I am, and uh, I'm sure nobody in California is rude ever on the road or uh, road rages or anything like that, but I have to deal with a lot of uh, crazy drivers, and I try not to be one of them type of people who wants to yell at everybody and tell it, call everybody an idiot or anything on the road. So having something pleasant in the car to listen to is definitely a good thing. Um, but how did you get started with uh, with Window to the Magic as a podcast? Because I know when you first started, you were actually literally making like windows into Disneyland with a, a DVD set, right? So how did that evolve into a podcast? Right. Yeah, that was uh, actually Window to the Magic was the brainchild of uh, Patrick Hurd and myself. And we were uh, thinking about doing some uh, some DVDs, basically a DVD series. You're familiar with the, the DVDs that you can put in that, uh, like for Christmas, where it's a fireplace? Yeah, and you can even uh, get that on your PlayStation 3. <laughs> right, okay, or, or like a f- uh, fishbowl or yeah. things like that. Okay, the idea was the same thing, except as if you were looking through your television as if it were a window into Disneyland or a window to the magic. And so what I was planning to do, it was Disney's 50th anniversary, and I was going to go down to the park and record a series of DVDs where I just took and mounted the camera and, you know, got a really nice shot and then left it there for 10 to 15 minutes, didn't zoom, didn't pan, nothing. And that way you could just let it run in the background and it would have surround sound, which is where surround yourself with the magic came from. And you would listen to the sounds of the park just as they were happening, not nothing post-edit or anything. So if there was people walking by talking about their horse, then that's what you would hear because that's what happened at the park. And Did you actually have some people walk by talking about a horse? No, that was just the most random thing I could think of at that point. <laughs> but um, but anyway, and so I, I as I was preparing to go down there, I heard that uh, Michael Gohagen had released some audio on the Disneyland website of some interviews that he was doing um, in the parks. He was walking around the parks and he was talking to people that were experiencing the 50th anniversary celebration. He had gone to the media night and things like that. And he was walking through and he was interviewing people. And this was something that was called a podcast. And I was like, I've never heard of it, but it's an MP3. I can download it. So I downloaded it. I burned it to a CD. And as I drove down to Southern California, which is about a six-hour drive, I listened to all of these podcasts. And I found myself listening to them and saying, this is the most magical thing I've ever heard of. However, he's doing it wrong because he's talking and they're talking over Disneyland. I want to hear Disneyland. And I could hear it in the background, but I I wanted it louder. And so what I did was I went down um, starting in July. I had started the show um, by recording the 50th anniversary rededication of Disneyland. I was standing out in that mass of people when Governor Schwarzenegger and and uh, Diane Disney Miller and Bob Iger and everybody came out and congratulated Disneyland for making 50 years. And uh, all of this basically brought itself around to the fact that we were doing these DVDs, which we're still doing, um, and... 
I started recording audio where I walked into the park. I started out in the Esplanade between the two parks, and I would walk into somewhere, but I wouldn't tell you where I was going, and it was just me. And so as I was walking along, I wasn't talking to anybody. I wasn't interacting with anyone, so you could just hear the park. And that became a real magic way to share Disneyland. It was exactly what I wanted from those Michael Gohagen pieces. And uh, and people really fell in love with what we ended up calling the where in the park game. Yep. And I never could solve them because I've never been there. So I was like, I don't know where he is, but I'm just listening for different things and coming in the background. Well, just remember at the end, just yell Disneyland. And you're right. <laughs> exactly. And boy, that's uh, one of the things that was interesting when I first started listening to your show. Uh, uh, I guess I've been listening for about a year and a half now, uh, but it was around Christmas time. Uh, and I, uh, I think the first show I heard, eventually you, you did go over to a, a Billy Hill and the Hillbillies and they were doing their Christmas show, which I absolutely loved that. But up until that time, I was like, what am I listening for? What's going on? I hear the, the crowd. What's he, what is this show about? What's he doing? Cause all I mm-hmm. hear was you walking, but it was just silence. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. What's, what is, is there something about to happen? And then suddenly the show starts. I was like, Oh, well, I get it. He just walked to something and is just experiencing it and just sharing the audio. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is brilliant. Yep. You're coming along and hanging out with us, and we're having a good time. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It, was, it's, it's, it really does help you just kind of escape from things. So you can kind of just listen and let your mind kind of fill in the blanks if you haven't actually got a visual image of it. But you just because you, you'll walk by certain attractions like Winnie the Pooh will be playing Winnie the Pooh music, and that might pass by over on the left or whatever. There's just all these different things actually are happening. And it just lets your brain kind of go through an experience with you. So it's really fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a very simple idea. The concept was very, very simple from the start. Just go and record what it's like to be at Disneyland. And that, of course, expanded out uh, to include California Adventure. And now, uh, over the last 14 months, we have also been including Walt Disney World since one of my good friends, Jeremiah, moved out to Orlando. And uh, he brought along a set of binaural microphones and a recorder exactly identical to mine. And uh, he sends me audio and we share. Actually, we do two shows a week now. Yeah, because you got your subscriber shows as well that kind of go in there. Yep. So you get you go in with a subscriber show, you get all kinds of audio, and you'll get quite a few people tearing, telling Jeremiah they like his shirt. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, the, the I, everybody likes Jeremiah's shirt episode. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. That that subscri- subscriber shows uh, basically were born out of the fact that uh, you've got two different ways that you can go about it. You can charge. Well, there's three different ways. You can not charge for it. You can charge for it, or you can get a sponsor. And while I like the idea of not charging for it, and I like the idea of having the sponsor, both of them seem just a little like they weren't going to work, uh, especially with what I was going through at the time. I really didn't have enough money to be supporting the show all by myself. And so I thought to myself, well, I, I tried the sponsors, and that was good, but it was a lot of work, and you have to answer to them, and, and it's just not the best way for my kind of show. And so what I thought was, well, if people like the show, if if they just give three or five dollars a month, that's it's nothing. You know, no, nobody looks at three dollars, which is, you know, less than you pay for a soda at Disneyland. (laughs) And, you know, nobody looks at that and says, oh, no, I can't get rid of that. That's too much. 
But when you put it together with other people, you know, if you get 100 people that donate $3, all of a sudden you've got $300. Yep. You know, see, and that helps the show out, and it doesn't interrupt anybody else. There's still the free feed and things like that. Those people get all their shows for free. And then if you want more Window to the Magic, then you do the supporter shows, and that gets you an extra show every week. So yep. it works out well for everybody. Yeah, and I've been enjoying the supporter shows because uh, you and I seem to have similar music tastes because you'll often will stop near, like, the Disneyland band or um – Oh, I forgot the name of the band that uh, they play a lot of swing music at certain times that you'll go out and stop and record them. Uh, yep, Swing Town. Swing Town. Just a lot of groups. Because I used to play in marching bands, so I, I dig that kind of stuff. Very nice. Yeah, have you heard the All-American College Band yet? Uh, yeah, I think I've heard some shows with them, too. That is amazing. I wish I had been that good to where I could have gone to college and been a part of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I never played an instrument. so I wasn't that good at it, but boy, I wish I would have been. Yep. I think they put me on the wrong instrument. I'd signed up to play drums when, because even when I was a little kid, I was always asking for a drum set. So my parents would get me these little kind of ones that had really bad paper heads. And after just a couple of days, I'd already busted through the heads on them. So they didn't last long, but I was always drumming around on things and, and everything like that. Then when it came time for middle school and we were going to get to learn to play an instrument. And so they had you write down what you wanted to learn to play. And so I wrote, wrote down drums and they said, well, we're only letting people learn to play drums that already know how to play drums. You have to be taking lessons, to which I was thinking, wait a minute, I'm coming to school to learn something. If I was taking lessons at home, I wouldn't worry so much about learning it at school. So they stuck me on the trumpet, and the only thing that good that came out of that was I learned how to read treble clef, and I you know, I can hear a pitch now when I'm singing in the choir at church. So There you go. At least I got that much out of it, but I was never really any good at that instrument. So That was I your first... Know, that was your first introduction to real life. Yeah. You know, they looked at you and said, what would you like to learn? We're here to teach you. And you said, drums. And they said, do you already know how to do them? And they said, no. Or you said, no. And they said, well, then we're not going to teach you. And that's just, that's just like real life. I want a job being a, you know, a technician. Are you already one? No. Well, then you can't be one. Exactly. Yep. That's life for you. That's life. Heck, I would love to break into voice acting because really I I do a lot of acting. I've done some stuff on stage, but if you look at me, I'm not really a, your leading man material. But I can talk. <laughs> this is Jeremy. He's got a face for radio. Exactly. I'd, I'd actually love to work in radio. In fact, when I was a little kid, I would record myself on cassette tapes. Uh, and I would do, make little shows for myself, and I'd play them back all the time. And so as I've discovered podcasting, that kind of was like, oh, my gosh, this is just like when I used to record on the tapes and I always wanted to do this. And so now here I am. There you go. You're listening to the top ten hits brought to you by Iron Brew Diet Soda. <laughs> Something to that degree. Yeah. See, there you go. And I do, do usually do a song of the week and everything, which, hey, if you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, look at my song of the week, whatever, from on iTunes, because by purchasing this song through iTunes, you're actually helping my show out. I'm still trying to rely on sponsors, but uh, I, since I have a different format show and I'm actually talking for at least half of it, I can actually go and throw out the advertisements that they asked me to. So, this uh, The song of the week this week is bigger and or biggest and the best, but like Clawfinger. Okay. No. <laughs> no. I who that would be. No. Well, if you look it up, you'll know that it doesn't fit in your show at all. Probably not. Not with something yes. called Clawfinger. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called the biggest and the best or big, bigger and the best, something like that. 
It, it'll be obvious. Look up Cloudfinger. <laughs> Sounds like something Jerry Vane had listened to. Absolutely. Not safe for work, kids. <laughs> Speaking of Jerry Vane, I just had a, um, just had a um, Monte Cristo with him the other day. I uh, was walking through Fantasyland, and I hear, Paul! And then I look over, and there's Jerry Vane standing in line for, you ready? The Haunted Peter, Mansion? Peter Pan. Oh, Yes, the Neverland podcast. See how I'm tying it in? Oh, yes. And he was he was standing in line. He had just gotten in line, so he was still out there, you know, so I gave him a fist bump and whatever, and I said, hey, how's it going? You know, we talked for a few minutes and whatever. Then we ended up meeting at uh, at the Kungaloosh meet later that night, and um, and then after that we ended up going to dinner at uh, Cafe Orleans and uh, enjoying a Monte Cristo, which he described as a ham sandwich inside a donut. Hmm. So I, I have not had a Monte Cristo, but uh, my buddy Phil, who has actually been a frequent kind of co-host actually on the show, uh, his his family – boy, they're com- they were complete Disney geeks all over the place for going to the parks. And his mother actually had uh, kind of figured out most of the recipe for making the Monte Cristos, but Phil says it never quite tasted the same as the one you'd get in a Disney park. Although yeah. they, they have uh, – I, I think it was on their last trip out there. Uh, they bought a cookbook, that's a, a Disney cookbook that apparently does have a recipe for those. So yeah. at some point, we are going to try it. Uh, hopefully, it's better than a recipe I found online for Dole Whip because I, I, the one trip I've been out to Disney World, I didn't know anything about Dole Whip, and so I had no idea it was there. I completely missed out. But then I, I hear so much about it, and I'm like, oh, I really got to try these. So I found a recipe online that I think uh, – I got some ground up pineapple, put that into my, uh, I have one of those ninja blenders, uh, mix that with a little bit of uh, half and half kind of cream, dairy creamer, and uh, some, well, Splenda, because I don't, I can't have sugar, I'm diabetic. Uh, so I mix that all up and freeze it for a little while, and it really just tasted like it was um, uh, sinewy kind of frozen cold pineapple. So I don't think it quite lived up to what it's supposed to be. <laughs> no, not at all. Do you have Menchie's frozen yogurt uh, in your area? No, I've never seen one. Uh, there, okay. I know we're, we're having the, like a resurgence of frozen yogurt around here, but so far the only one we went to was one that um, had these really kind of far out new age fruit kind of flavors that we really didn't care for. Okay. Yeah, Menchie's has official Dole pineapple, Dole whip available. Well, I'll have to look them up online, see if they're going to maybe move into my area, or maybe they already have, and I just don't know. That's right. You never know. You never know. You never know. I don't know when my next trip is going to be out to the parks. Right now, we're digging our way out of debt, and after that, I can start saving for a a, uh, park trip, and my wife has never been to one. The only time I went was actually on somebody else's dime. So I I had a friend of mine call me up, says, well, you've never been to Disney World. Well, well, I'm taking you then. I was like, okay. Did you did you let him know I haven't been in a while? Because I'd like to go back. <laughs> I would too. Well, that was back 2009. I've kind of lost contact with him. He kind of he's a bit reclusive. So, gotcha. All right. Well, fine. Be that way. Yeah. Well, if he ever decides he wants to go, because he doesn't necessarily want to go by himself, and he, you get a better deal if you bring two people. So, he makes good money. He's an electrician. I make bad money. I'm a courier. <laughs> there you go. And my wife's a teacher. That doesn't make you make much more money than, <laughs> than anybody else. Very true. Very true. It's very unfortunate, but also very true. Yes. Although apparently there are some schools around here that do pay a little bit better, but uh, that's hard to get on over there. But anyways, enough about my problems. <laughs> uh, okay. Now on to mine. 
You know, <laughs> no, yes. So, Friends of the Magic then is something uh, I'm actually listening on your with your back catalogs. I'm it's very clever the way, by the way, how you've uh, delayed hitting to episode 200 until you've got to uh, I guess what was the first Friends of the Magic meet where you did like a 199.25, then .50, then .75, then you said, well, you know, we've got graduation happening and all these other things, so you're actually not going to get a show next week or the week after, and then we'll actually be at the meet, and I'll record 200 with all the people at the meet. So right. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one ninety nine point two five to point five zero point seven five point eight seven or point eight two five something like that. Yeah, I, I was like dying with the numbers. I'm like, oh please, <laughs> come on. So, but yeah, it was to delay and to have the conversation that we recorded um, at the Friends of the Magic Gathering to be show two hundred, and that was fun. It's cool. a lot of a uh, lot of friends around me at uh, Rancho del Zocalo and uh, Patrick there, and we sat down and recorded the show live. And so that the basis of that was you kind of branching it on your own from, like, the network you had been a part of and taking some friends with you and just starting this big event just to kind of get all these new friends together and be able to meet a lot of people who listen to all the different shows and do a bunch of different events. Was, was that right. how it got started? Yeah. It's, um, there's a, there's a, a couple of events that have taken place over the years. There's an event called West Fest. West Fest that happens out here in California. There was one called Mouse Fest that happened at Walt Disney World and things like that. Yeah, it happened around Christmas time, and apparently that just went by the wayside, though. Right, got too big. Uh, I used to hold an event up in Northern California called Schmooze Fest, uh, which, yeah, I just was looking for a word to put at the beginning of fest. <laughs> and um, and so once we once we moved down here, I thought to myself, you know, it'd probably be a good idea to. Uh, to get all of the the friends of the magic family of podcasts together once a year or as many of them as we can and have all of them invite all of their listeners to Disneyland and say come on down hang out with us we'll be there Friday Saturday and Sunday we're going to schedule specific places we're going to be when you go out there you'll get to meet the podcasters you'll get to meet the other listeners you'll get to get some swag you can win prizes and once you uh, once we're done talking and whatever then we're going to go and have an experience or uh, or we're going to go have an experience and then afterwards we'll quiz you about it and if you get the quizzes uh quiz answers correctly then you'll win a prize that kind of thing and so it's provided by patrick (laughs) that's right yes yes and prizes provided by comedy forecast available at comedyforecast.com um but uh that um that type of format basically allows people to come in and they can come in any time during the weekend. You don't have to follow us around the whole time. So if you're looking to to go and, you know, just meet up with us, you can meet up with, uh, with us at the meet and greet on Saturday morning. Uh, if you don't get there until Saturday evening, you just look at the schedule. You see where we're going to be. You meet up with us. You say hi. You go on an adventure. And then you say, okay, well, I'm out of here. And then you take off. It's just a just a way we call it f- uh, food, friends, and fun at uh, the Disneyland Resort. And sometimes we have big dinners where we'll reserve part of a restaurant, and we'll have like uh, like this year. Um, I'm actually doing an event early uh, at, at the way beginning of Friends of the Magic this year, which is uh, for my birthday. 
And uh, so on August 7th, we're going to rent out uh, the Wishing Well Room at the Carthay Circle Restaurant. And the Wishing Well Room has a table that seats 12 people. And what we're going to do is we're going to get together a fixed-price menu. We're going to sell tickets, basically, because we want to make sure that everybody that wants to go can, but that everybody that says they're going to go does. And uh, and then we're going to uh, get together and hang out, and um, we're going to do lunch and dinner on that day. And that'll be like the big old kickoff for uh, for the Friends of the Magic Weekend. And, uh, you know, and you, you'll get to celebrate my birthday with me. So, And you don't have to admit your age. That's true. <laughs> which uh, Mine is different than Josh 12's just by a decade or so. Yeah. We're not saying which direction the decade goes because, you know, it, Josh right. would be upset if he knew you were still only in your 20s. That's right. Yes, he would. So, people kind of get offended like that when you feel like you're getting older. Oh, those young pups in their 20s. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah. I find myself doing that more and more. I say, oh, yeah, I'm only about 21. I'm like, really? You're just still a kid. I remember I remember when I was 21 and somebody would say that to me. I'd get so far. It's like, I'm all grown now. But, yeah, when you get to be the age now, when you get in that those mid to late 30s, you start feeling it. I remember when I was your age, we had to podcast uphill both ways. Yes, and we were using it over dial-up. That's right, yeah. That's right. Hello and welcome to the window to the magic. What? Oh, hold on one moment, please. Okay, now we're going to go into the park and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'd say probably back in the dial-up days, podcasts probably wouldn't even be possible. <laughs> you know, it it they started um, 2004, 2005. It used to take, uh, you know, probably 10, 15 minutes to download a show. Wow. You know. Somewhere in that area. Now I can get one in just a matter of seconds. Um, and you know, I, re- I remember when I first started because I've been a member of the Disney audio community doing uh, Disney audio collecting uh, since uh, 1995, 1996. And at that point, I mean, we were literally on dial-up modems, AOL. You know, that was how we communicated. And um, and and back at that point, it took um, uh, what was it five minutes per meg. Whew. So if you wanted to download a song, it took a half hour. Yeah, I wasn't even at that time considering downloading anything. I, I you know, we barely knew what the internet was for. It was this this new thing? And like, oh look, you can talk to other people around the world. Hey, so we would knew we would go on to chat rooms, and that's about all we really knew to do with it. Yep, and I do have uh, some of the armed forces over in the Middle East, uh, other than Scott, uh, who have sent me emails and said that they do listen to the show, and uh, and their connections there are so slow that they actually have to log on, start the show downloading, and then they go to bed. Wow! And, and they come back the next day, usually at the end of their their shift for the day, and the show has finished downloading. Does that boggle your mind, though, that you, that you start realizing you have such a widespread audience out there and uh, or who knows, you know, foreign countries, all these different people who have access to your show? Does that ever just boggle you to think how many people might actually be listening at any given time? Well, it is kind of fun, uh, you know, using Libsyn like we do. Um, the The stats that they have are very extensive, and you'll be able to go in and see just who is listening and when and from where. 
And uh, so it's really cool to go in and look and say, hey, look, I've had 63,000 downloads, uh, you know, from, you know, East Puppy Tights, Wisconsin. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. I'm I'm big in Wisconsin. Yeah, so, so far, since I'm since I just got onto Libsyn, I haven't been able, been able to track how many people have actually been listening, and it still blows my mind when I have somebody on Facebook who who maybe hasn't liked my fa- the the fa- official Facebook page, which uh, facebook.com slash Neverland Podcast, uh, but they they haven't gone on there and liked the page, or they haven't started following the Twitter feed for Neverland Podcast, but they'll say something to me about the show, and like, oh, cool, I didn't realize you were listening. So you didn't plug your Twitter page. Oh, well, that's uh, twitter.com slash NeverlandPCast. That is the letter P, not the uh, the vegetable. Or the activity. Or the activity. Yeah, I didn't necessarily want to say, but putting as an activity seems to be the nice, clean way to say it, yes. There you go, yes. <laughs> we have to try to keep it as G as we possibly can, which is usually simple. Ah, oh, G. Oh, G. Uh-huh. Okay, anyway, enough of my <laughs> bad Mickey impressions. There you go. I do know a guy though that can do uh, do a fairly decent Mickey, Kermit, and a Miss Piggy. Very nice. Yes, that he's is by character car- caricaturial. Yeah, that is unfortunately not completely me. Although occasionally I do get a pretty decent sound in Kermit, but I have to actually be repeating back a line I've already heard, and so I can just make it sound exactly like that line. I can't kind of improv it out to something else. I was watching uh, Bill Farmer the other day. I had the opportunity to go to UCLA and hang out with the Disney Club of UCLA, and they had Bill Farmer as their guest. And I was uh, watching them. At the end, they did. They brought the the main club executives up, and they got together with Bill, and they played the video of On the Open Road from the Goofy movie. Wow. And they sang it live in time with the video that was running. And you talk about being able to, you know, sound like Goofy or sound like Mickey or whatever. Bill Farmer is amazing. Yeah. Not only does does he know how to sound like Goofy, but he's got the timing down and he can replicate it. I mean, he was dead on to the movie the whole time he was singing. Wow. Yeah, it was great. Oh, and you you recorded that audio, didn't you? I did. Right, is that going to be shared on a future episode? I'm still waiting. Probably not. Oh. Unfortunately, one of the problems with uh, with the UCLA uh, crew is that they're still pretty young in the in their uh, the group is still pretty young, and they're working out audio issues. And uh, and so when you listen to a place, and it's like. You know, it doesn't make for a good show. Oh, that's so I'm unfortunate. Wor- I'm working with them uh, to, is to find a way to improve their audio capabilities and to uh, give me access to record directly off the soundboard if possible uh, so that I can share it because that's, you know, they do invite me to those shows specifically uh, so that I can share the good word about the UCLA Disney Club on podcasts and uh, and get people to be interested in it. So if I can't share the audio, it's it seems kind of, you know, pointless. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that's something we actually need here in, in Kansas City where I'm from is we don't I, – I even looked around a little bit. We don't seem to have much – 
Disney organizations other than thank you org that's trying to put the, the uh, Laughagram studio back together in in the form of a museum. Uh, they've been at it for years. Uh, it's a slow process, but we really don't have anything. It's like considering Walt, you know, spent quite a few years here and actually started his first failed studio here in Kansas City. You'd think we'd have more going on around here, but the nearest event that I can ever get to is over in Marceline when they would do Tune Fest, which is uh, I believe it's like the third weekend in september uh but i've been going to that now for let's see i think it's been like the last four or five you know i guess it's four years this will be my fifth year this year because i started going right after 2009 um when i first went to walt disney world because boy you really catch the bug then yes uh, you do and so after that then i wanted when i realized marceline was just right you know about a three hour drive away and i learned about tune fest i was like oh i really gotta start going but that's the closest thing you really get to a meetup and so you do have a lot of people from around missouri and i think probably even a lot of other areas and they have special guests come in uh, last year they had steven silver who was actually a character designer for kim possible uh and so you get to sit in and kind of see things of what's going on with that uh, there's another guy guy gilchrist who actually uh, used to draw the official Muppets comic strips. Mm-hmm. A lot of cool, you know. He's usually there every year. Uh, so it's uh, uh, there was even one year that I had not heard of it at the time. If I had known, I probably would have talked to the guy. And uh, but uh, the guy who wrote the um, oh now it just went out the window. Kingdom Keepers. Ah yes. The first year I was out there, he was there signing away his new book. But I had no idea what Kingdom Keepers were. So Ridley Pearson. Yeah, Ridley Pearson. Yes. Yeah. He I was getting him and Ridley there. Scott mixed up, and I know it's not Ridley Scott because I think that's Blade Runner. Yeah, uh, Ridley Scott also did Gladiator, so very yes, cool. and that's you know. But yeah, so I had close. no idea who the guy was, and I was like, well, "Kingdom Keepers." Gee, I wonder what that is. Hmm. And I just kind of went on about my business, and now I've been hearing all the stuff about all these books, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I completely missed out on something because I just didn't know." Yep. Well, send him an email. You can get on the phone via Skype and have a chat with him. I really should. I haven't read any of his books yet, but, you know, that would actually be a pretty good episode. You might want to do that before you call him. Yeah, it might be a good idea. Just well, the first one. I should have been prepared with rim shots knowing I was going to be talking to you because if anybody comes up with more crazy puns than I do, it's you. Yeah, I do my best. That's, that's part of what makes the show fun, though, is the occasional things you come up with. It's really kind of fun. Yeah, we uh, we went – I don't know if you've heard this show yet, but we um, – we went to the opening reopening of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, and you know, of course, the 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 good part about that, you know, I have uh, a cast member, a friend of mine, who got us into that, so we were there prior to it opening, and Calvin and I come walking in, um, you know, and we're like, let's go ride this, and we're recording it live as we're walking into the park. We get up to Big Thunder, and they're like, yeah, we're closed. <laughs> we're like, what? And they're like, we're closed. It broke down. So I'm like, okay, well, let's go over here. The Mark Twain's in the dock. Let's listen to it pull away, and then we'll, you know, go to commercial or something. (laughs) And so I'm sitting over there, and all of a sudden it hits me. Why don't we ride the Mark Twain? Duh. And so we run over, and we get in, you know, get onto the thing, and I stand in the back by the paddle wheeler, and we just start punning. And for some reason we're, like, picking on things, you know, and I'm, I'm doing things like, you hear that? You hear that? You know? That that's a that's a tree. I could clearly hear its bark. <laughs> you know that kind of really bad humor. I like you that know, humor, though. <laughs> you know, Calvin's sitting on the other side of me, going, "I hear smoke." 
you know, yep. it's, it's just, it's fun. And, uh, you know, so yeah, that's a, that's a big part of window to the magic is yeah, listening to the bad jokes to go too. That's during your, uh, your, the, I'll figure out what you're calling it now. It's basically, it's on a Friday that both you, you, you and Calvin are over in Disneyland and then Jeremiah Good is over in Walt Disney World and you're both recording everything you do throughout that day and then just been kind of going back and forth sharing the audio. Yeah, that's that's one of those, you can't remember the name of it because the name makes no sense. It's like a day in the park or something. <laughs> it's it's so close. It's a tale of two Fridays. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but the whole idea is that we both went on the same Friday. Yeah. So it's it's not two Fridays. It's this. It's one Friday. And I, I named it that, and I released the first couple of episodes, and I went, whoops, that's not at all what I meant. And, but, yeah, it's, it's, it was an eight-part episode for Disneyland and four Walt Disney World episodes. And, uh, you know, basically what it was was I wanted to take April off. And so I looked at Jeremiah, and I said, go, right, you know, go to Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Spend some time in Magic Kingdom, take the monorail over to Epcot, spend some time in Epcot, and then, you know, do five or six hours worth of audio, and then I'll edit out the boring parts, and we'll make it four one-hour episodes. Yeah. And I did the same thing at Disneyland, uh, except I left out the Epcot part. Yeah. And I'm uh, sure Jeremiah was just like, no, I don't want to go into the park. No way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> always rough getting him to go. Oh, I'm but, sure. But once I convinced him to go, everything went well, and, and we did release ex eight exactly one-hour-long shows. If you look, each of the shows is exactly one hour, zero minutes, zero seconds. <laughs> and uh, I've noticed. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, we went into the park and had a good time. So yeah. that's, uh, that's fun. And in order to get the full benefit, you really have to be a subscriber so you get those in-between bits. That's right, because if you're not a supporter, then you got – you got one, three, five, seven, and nine. Yeah, you got all the odd episodes, and boy, were they were odd. They were very odd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and there's even more. Oh, of course. Yes. Now, uh, the main topic. Oh, actually, I almost forgot where I was going. Actually, with <laughs> having a, a like a someone who's basically who's grown up pretty much around Disneyland and things like that. Uh, there's one thing I was able to observe uh, in my one trip to Disney World is. The ability you that park has that it's just got to be in the design and it's 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 like floating in the air, no matter how old you are or how much you're like I'm this big hard worker and it seems to just take you back, turn you into a kid and say let's play pretend. Pretty much, yeah. And I, even even so much like when I rode dinosaur, uh, I just kind of played along with things and just like yes, that's right. I went back in time and we're being chased by dinosaurs now. So I just went along with it, you know, and said you know I don't care if I end up looking foolish, but I was just having a good time because we were, it's, you just get to your imagination just gets to run wild and it really does help that the Imagineers create such realistic and believable type of things for you to interact with you as you're going on these attractions. That it's just mind boggling. It is. Uh, I have been going since 1973 to Disneyland. And, uh, you know, for me, it was a great escape. It was uh, the ability to go and see all these magical things and uh, to, to have all these wonderful adventures. I mean, back when I first started going, I could, you know, shrink down to the size of an atom. I, I could, uh, you know, go under the sea in a, in a submarine. I could climb a mountain, you know, and, and, and uh, bobsled down a mountain. 
and all of the, all of these things i could i could go and and go into the painted desert and go through the rainbow caverns and then i could go and uh, visit the ghosts and the haunted mansion all in one place mm-hmm. and it was just this this great fun place and because it's the way that it is you can as a kid you can run around and do whatever you know at, at least back then you were allowed to to go around because it was safe right and uh, and so it, it Disneyland has always been kind of a, a little bit like Olaf says you know he says I like a warm hugs uh, Disneyland is like a warm hug and so when you enter a Disney park, you are entering the arms of a caring being that is going to take care of you and and to show you some fun. And that just gets embedded in your psyche to, you know, whenever you, you know, you get older in your teens and whatever, and you start to think, well, you know, I'm, I'm too old for that and, you know, whatever. And then you go back a little bit later and you're like, you know, I remember I used to run down Main Street with my Mickey ears on and just screaming at the top of my head, you know, until I got down to the castle. Well, what if I did that now? And so then you try it because, you know, in your late teens, early twenties, you're still stupid enough to run down main street (laughs) and, and you do it and it's still fun. Yeah. And you're like, well, wait a second. So then you go and you go to, you know, what is now a trip to outer space instead of a trip to inner space. Mm-hmm. Or you go find Nemo instead of the polar ice cap, you know, or you go and you are on a runaway mine train instead of a mine train through nature's wonderland. And you still go see those same exact ghosts. And it's just as fun as it was before. And it just, it takes you back to that part of your childhood to where you were just innocent and happy and and it's just it's just I mean I even live down here I go you know I just got a message from Josh uh, Quillen from um, the theme park talk podcast he says hey are you going to be in the park tonight you know I'm now that close I work just a couple of miles from Disneyland and so you know I can take off after work and just stop by and ride the train on the way home I mean, who has that commute on the way home, right? Highway 91, Highway 57, the Disneyland Railroad, more of Highway 91, and then to your house. Sounds great. Oh, yeah. So that's, you know, it's just Disney is just that way. They crafted the park in such a way to give you that warm hug that just tells you it's okay. You're happy. Have fun. Exactly. Be five years old for the next Three or four hours. <laughs> Be five years old for the next rest of your life. Exactly. Yes. And that's, that's one of the things, since my wife has never been to a Disney park, uh, when I came back and I was just all fired up for all things Disney, because, you know, I was kind of a Disney fan before. I loved the movies and everything like that, but you know, and I always wanted to go out to the parks, but I'd never gotten to go. By the time I came back, it was like everything got juiced up on steroids, and then I started finding Disney podcasts, and now I'm getting all kinds of information. I'd been to Marceline. I learned everything in the world I could about Walt himself. Uh, so I'm like, it's, it's almost like this obsession thing that I drive my wife, unfortunately, a little bit up the wall. But I'm thinking, you know, once we get you down to the park, you'll get it. But it's it's so hard sometimes to explain to somebody who's just like, oh, well, she likes Disney movies. You know, and she especially loves the studio Ghibli or Ghibli. I don't know how you say that. Uh, but she, she enjoys all that, but she hasn't had the experience of the parks 
to kind of let her cut loose and just go ahead and go with it and say, you know what, I need to find a way to every day of my life try to recapture a little bit of that attitude because it really does help because you know you have to deal with your adult stuff all the time but but like one of the themes here in neverland is just find that that little childlike innocence and that little bit of a positive attitude and that little bit of pixie dust as i usually refer it to and find a way to sprinkle it around and it makes things go so much smoother now the catch with uh with taking people when they're older and and hopefully this will not be the case but you take people who have never been to a Disney park, and they don't have that background from when you were a kid, when you were going to the park and you were having that fun and whatever. So for, for the lucky ones, that still can be kindled and, and that flame can be ignited. It's a little rougher when you haven't been to the parks as a kid. But I still see it happen all the time, especially running the show that I do. I get emails from people all the time saying that, you know, I've never been to Disneyland, but I'm going because of Window to the Magic. And I always tell them, you got to tell me what you thought of it after you, you come back. Oh, yeah, that probably makes some pretty good stories. Cause heck, I was 32 before I first got to go in there, but I would, I'd been so anticipating it uh, for most of my life. And even... I was already a fan of the Haunted Mansion before I walked into the park because I had a recording of the old Ron Howard, Pete Renaday. Uh, you know, I had a cassette tape I'd bought at the Disney store of that. And after that, I was like, wow, this is really great. And so I started looking around like on YouTube and I went to DoomBuggies.com and I saw all the pictures and all this stuff. and said, this is like the greatest ride ever. And then I actually got to the park and realized, well, not only is Haunted Mansion like the greatest ride ever, but it's got a lot of really close cousins all over that park. Oh, yeah. Pete Renaday is a good friend of mine. I uh, met him through the show, had a chance to hang out with him, and we're actually, um, I'm going to approach him to uh, to see if he would be interested in coming down and joining us for a meal during the Friends of the Magic Gathering this year. Oh, man. And uh, so that, that that's the kind of fun, I mean, last year, last year? The year before, we had uh, Bob Gurr. And, uh, yeah, we had Bob Gurr. We called the event Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And, um, and we all gathered. Nobody knew who it was. And then all of a sudden, Bob Gurr shows up. You might and, need to explain Bob Gurr to Neverland listeners that don't usually listen to Disney podcasts. Well, basically, <laughs> Bob Gurr is uh, the Imagineer who created anything that moves at Disneyland. And <laughs> yeah. by anything that moves, I mean anything that moves. <laughs> if it has wheels, if it spins, if it's got any sort of mechanics, the monorail itself, um, any any of that stuff. Plus, he's also done things like he did the King Kong attraction at Universal Studios. If you've ever been to Las Vegas and you've seen at Treasure Island the boat that sinks uh, during the Pirates Adventure thing out there in front, uh, he that's him. Um, he's just an engineering marvel. And, um, and and are all around great guy, and uh, and then also in that same Friends of the Magic weekend, we had lunch with Imagineer uh, Terry Harden, and um, with Margaret Carey, who was the uh, reference model for Tinkerbell. Oh, and she's a sweetheart. I've heard her on some podcasts before. She's just, she just reminds me of my grandmother so much. She's awesome. She is Tinkerbell embodied. She is this little ball of fire. Mm-hmm. You know, she's this nice little old lady, t- tiny. But, boy, you look at her wrong and she's, oh, she's up in your face. <laughs> you know, 
And so, you know, it's it's just like you would imagine the Tinkerbell would be. Oh, I hope I get to meet her before she passes because I'm oh, yeah. getting up there in age. Well, you know, you never know. So get uh, get your tickets quick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what dates are uh, the uh, Friends of the Magic meet this coming up? It's like August, uh, what, 7th is one of the days. It's over well, across that weekend. Yeah, the seventh is uh, is the birthday uh, dinners, and then the or the lunch and the dinner, and then the Friends of the Magic proper is August eighth, ninth, and tenth. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay, now I am hoping to find a way to get myself there because right now I, there's no way I could raise the money myself. But I've had this thought, and so all right, Neverlanders, pay attention. Uh-oh. I've got a shirt. On the, uh, I've got the idea in my head. I've got a, an artist kind of working on the design. What I'm planning to do is get a shirt kind of design, figure out the cheapest way that I can sell it, then maybe start like a FundMe or a Kickstarter, uh, have a certain cost for that shirt with a little bit extra, and then try to raise money to send the Neverland podcast to Friends of the Magic. And I will go there. I will record everything I can. I will have so much content for the, sh- for the show that it'll be worth it for anyone who jumps on the campaign. But, of course, that all determines on getting this T-shirt ready to roll. But be paying attention, listening to the show. I will have this as quick as I can, and then hopefully it'll work out. And you know, Even if I don't quite get enough money to get myself to the park, a lot of people will get a pretty cool T-shirt. So There you go. See, and if you do come out uh, to the event, let me know as soon as you know that you're actually going to make it. And that way we can set you up so that you can actually host an event because that's the big difference between Friends of the Magic and all these other, um, you know, get togethers that are happening is uh, this is actually it's a gathering of Disney podcasts and their listeners and the podcasters themselves host the meets. So let's just say for, you know, first thing in the morning we have the get together. And then after that, we would take a ride on the Jungle Cruise sponsored by Comedy Forecast. We would take a ride on the Haunted Mansion, sponsored by the Neverland Podcast. We would go to Heimlich's Choo Choo Train, you know, sponsored by Window to the Magic, that kind of thing. Yeah, although it would probably be more appropriate if I was hosting at Peter Pan, since it's the Neverland Podcast. I thought about that, yeah. <laughs> but, but why go obvious, right? You know. Right. But that is a goal I have. I don't know if I'm going to hit it or not. Uh, I don't know if I really have to get enough money for my wife to be able to come with me. She's thinking about teaching summer school because uh, she wants the extra money. She wants to go get her master's degree. So all the power to her. Absolutely. That's always good, bettering yourself. Yep. Uh, I at least would like to have a bachelor's degree before I'm dead. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm well, going to learn as much as I can before I'm yeah. gone. You know, the ultimate goal would be if, if I got to where – I was getting paid to make a podcast. Like if some company wanted a podcast about what their company was doing, I'd, I'd take the job in a heartbeat. Since I had too much fun making these shows. Yeah, it is. You know, actually podcasting is fun, um, as I've always said. And it started out sounding kind of cliche because everybody was saying it at the time. But getting together with and making new friends is what podcasting's greatest benefit is. And the fact that I've got, you know, 30 to 50,000 people that listen to the show each and every month and that some of these people contact me and some of these people come out to the park. And when they come out to the park, they know that on Friday afternoons between five and seven, I'm out at Trader Sam's every single week. So they know that they can come over, meet me and say hi. Hi. 
And they get to meet me, but more importantly, I get to meet them. Yeah. And there's just so much fun to meet all of these people, especially the people who are like longtime listeners who know you better than you know yourself. And they're like, oh, where, where, you know, where's Calvin? I've been following him ever since the Diz test. You know, where's Patrick? Where, you know, that kind of thing. And, and so it's, it's just, it's a good amount of fun. And I, I love, love when people email, voicemail, or just, uh, you know, stop by the park and say hi. Yeah. So that'd be one of the things that's kind of, I, I thought it was very entertaining, actually. It's like when listening to all these shows, and we do get familiar with a lot of, you know, before I started podcasting, I was hearing all these shows. I'm like, I'm getting familiar with these people in their lives and kind of how who they are, that if I ever get a chance to run across them, I've maybe seen a picture of them, so I might recognize them. So I'd be like, I'm going to be a complete stranger, but I might go up and hug one of these people just because it seems like they're an old friend, even if I'm a complete stranger. Right, and and that has happened. Um, I've had people that have basically almost had panic attacks <laughs> as they're walking up. That you know, one of my uh, one of my good friends now, Tracy. Um, the first time she saw me, she was shaking uncontrollably. Aww. she was just so so happy to have finally bumped into me, and she, I was just I was so touched by that. And it, you know, it's one of the things that podcasting does is it it takes people like you were saying, it takes people away from their lives and gives them a, an escape and imagination out of the, you know, everyday humdrum. And for some people, it takes them away from bad situations. Yeah. It takes them away from not having the money for the rent. It takes them away from the fact that they've just lost their father. It takes them away from just about you know, anything that happens to be negative in your life, you put on the headphones and you go with Paul to Disneyland. And to to hear people and to meet people where that has happened is, I just love that. So far, I haven't got to meet any, well, okay, I do know some people who listen to me, but I've, I've already knew them before. And they were like, oh, you have a podcast now? So, and they'll listen to me that way. But I have, so far, I haven't met any strangers yet, but I hope to. Of course, so far, I, I, I haven't really put my last name out because I'm a little weird with having people I don't know pop over on my Facebook page because I get a lot of kind of spam people. Okay. So I don't know if I'm pre quite prepared for a bunch of people to find me on Facebook yet. Plus, they might find out, wow, he's really opinionated, and I don't agree with him. I don't think I like him anymore. So, <laughs> so the uh, that happening. The fact that I posted to Twitter just earlier that I was hanging out with Jeremy Popinov is is not good. Then, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's better than being Jeremy Poppin Fresh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I have learned, like, at, at Walt Disney World, though, some of the parks you walk around, it's murder on your feet. Like, uh, we, I, and I know, uh, uh, like, Lou Mangiello would smack me for calling uh, Animal Kingdom a half-day park, but we did only spend about half a day there. But the, the because they're trying to make it so realistic and, like, you're traveling the world, it was the hardest one day to be on my feet walking around from place to place that by the time we did the second half of our day we went over to epcot my feet were killing me and i really missed out on most of epcot we only kind of i think we got onto the uh spaceship earth uh got got out to maelstrom uh, did test track mission to mars and then we left so i didn't really even get around world showcase completely missed soren like an idiot uh so i really need to go back so i can go to epcot but yeah my feet were just killing me i we couldn't hardly stand to walk around Wow. We were being in Animal Kingdom all day, so I, I can understand the, the pressure you can put on your body by doing a lot of walking. Yeah, when Calvin turned 21, we did the drink around the world thing, and I, I thought to myself, 
you know, I'm I'm not doing well with my back and such, and I'm going to go out to Walt Disney World, and everything is so far apart at Walt Disney World. I thought I'm just this is going to suck, and I got out there, and it was just fine, yeah. and that that was good. I I was really happy with that because we made it all the way around. We, uh, you know, had some good drinks and celebrated his twenty first, both uh, at uh, at Epcot and with Yeehaw Bob. So. Oh, yes. I actually just heard him on somebody else's podcast. I really do look forward to getting down there sometime and going to actually be able to check out his show because I uh, I think, uh, yeah, on your show, even a couple of your early times, you'd be you'd head out to Florida for uh, Mouse Fest and you'd always record Yeehaw Bob. That's the first time I'd heard him. And, oh, my gosh, he's a hoot. No one has more fun than us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to get back out there to Florida one of these days. One of these days I'm going to be wealthy. Maybe, you know, I've got a few novel things that I've written I just need to edit. Maybe I'll sell books and who knows. <laughs> novel things? Are those uh, are those books? Is that what yep. the – yeah, okay. Yep. I actually have one. I've the, the, I have a bad habit. If I start something and then I get distracted and I don't quite finish, well, I had one that I actually completely finished and then I started editing and I got distracted away from editing. <laughs> well, then you didn't completely finish it. Yeah. <laughs> I need to jump back onto that thing, really, because you never know. You know, you might actually just be because I I always thought it was fun to tell stories in whatever fashion. That's why also I do a. If anyone ever finds my YouTube channel, you'll find me doing some kind of really cheap amateurist video story kind of things. Uh, but you know, sitting down and writing a book, you always kind of wonder. It's like, wow, I don't know if I'm really that talented. Ooh, I'm knocking stuff over. I don't know if I'm that talented a writer, but you never know. You might actually have something you wrote that's going to be you know like Harry Potter, where surprise, big hit. Yep, his name is Jeremy, and he has just met you, but he loves you. Squirrel! <laughs> that's my impression of you writing a book. Yeah, that that's pretty much how I am. Shiny object. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and my wife has actually uh, previously, but before she was my wife, she said, if I really need to get your attention, I just have to make sure I wear a shiny shirt. And she used to have some kind of shiny, like, orange shirt that she would wear every once in a while. She's like, this is how I make sure that your attention is on me. Mm, not not going there. <laughs> well, she still puts up with me, so. There you go. I don't know why, but she does. There's something to be said for a wife that will stick around and put up with you through no matter what you throw at her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because let's face it, I'm, the the room I'm in, I'm a big kid, and it's uh, I'm covered with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Avengers, Monsters University, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings all over the place. And I even have a Spider-Man hanging, uh, go, like he's web-swinging between uh, the corners of a wall. I hate to tell you, but that's a dust bunny. It just happens to look like Spider-Man. It could be. It might be. I might have dust bunnies that have mutated from the spiders around here, and next thing you know, they're going to be climbing the walls. And uh, I might have an electro dust bunny coming up at some point, too, and it's going to shock me in the middle of the night. There you go. It could happen. Okay, but I see that this has gone on for an hour, so this is worth at least pretty much an entire show. Yay! So I should probably go ahead and sign this off, but I'll remind people once again to go and check out your show at windowtothemagic.com, and you are on iTunes and Stitcher. Yep, iTunes and Stitcher. You can find us on Facebook. You can find me, facebook.com slash window to the magic, or you can find the show page at uh, facebook.com slash WTTM podcast. And uh, you can find us on Twitter as well by looking up twitter.com slash WTTM. 
Yep, very simple like that. And of course, as a reminder, the Neverland podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher as well, simply by searching. Also, we are on Facebook at, you could simply search for the Neverland podcast or go facebook.com slash Neverland podcast. Same as on Twitter at Neverland PCast. You can email us. Please do send emails. Let me know what it is that uh, from your childhood that I have not covered yet that you really have some fond memories of. Share those fond memories at podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Because, uh, yeah, this is kind of almost halfway user-driven, so I, I want to hear everything, that all your good memories, everybody, so send them in, and I will find, try my darndest to find some information, even if it's something like Power Rangers that I didn't pay attention to. I will dig up all the information and all the sound clips of Power Rangers I can if somebody wants me to. I want to hear you talk about Power Rangers. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to now just for you. But what I don't want you to look at American Power Rangers. I want you to look back at the Super Sentai from Japan. <laughs> that could be a challenge. Mm. Yet, yet really fun. Trust me. <laughs> it might it. just be. There you go. Sort of like uh, whenever at some point I'm going to have to cover Voltron, but it'd be fun to actually track down the original series that Voltron was actually pulled from. Like I think two different cartoon series in Japan and mm-hmm. combined them together to make Voltron. So. Yeah, that's going to require research. You bet. And it'll be fun, and you'll be thanking me for it after you're done. Oh, yes. And we'll certainly let me let you know whenever I manage to get around to that one. Thank you. I I try to get a consensus of people. I still haven't gotten a consensus of people uh, for doing a Sailor Moon show. I actually had – this was kind of funny. Um, I was doing a Muppets-themed show for for Muppets Most Wanted coming out. And so I went around with my recorder, and I was asking people, uh, you know, people I know, you know, at my church or wherever, you know. Uh, like, uh, hey, well, who is your favorite Muppet and why? And I had one lady says, like, uh, well, I like Sailor Moon. Hmm. Uh, well, she's not a Muppet. But I was like, you know what? That's not a bad option. I bet there's plenty of Sailor Moon fans out there who might actually appreciate it. But you got to email me or tweet me or something and let me know, hey, this was my favorite thing when I was a kid. I really would love to hear a show about it. Well, it would be interesting and completely blow away your G rating would be if you actually researched Sailor Moon. <laughs> that's, do it then. <laughs> that's all I'll say. <laughs> but thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. I always love coming on to other people's shows and talking about myself. It's it's one of my favorite hobbies. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny actually how this this got around too because uh, on Facebook you had posted up you'd shared one of Tim Devine's. Oh, by the way, Tim Devine uh, says hi. By the way, oh, uh, hi Tim. Yeah, but uh, he. Uh, had shared uh, something out of Proverbs, and so you'd shared that he'd shared that. It's like, oh, look, some wisdom from Tim Devine. And then I was like, well, hey, I'm starting to like Tim Devine too. And so he friended me, and uh, so I started talking to him, and I was like, wait a minute, I know your name. You're the guy that has that Magic and Pixels website. So we started talking about that, and so it's all come back full circle. Now I'm back. I've had Tim on the show, and now I've had you on the show. And I, wow. I really thank you for coming on the show because you're kind of one of those big powerhouse podcasts, and I am – I am now, by the time this one airs, I will be, what, this is going to be probably show 23, something like that. I'm still a rookie at this, and I'm still slowly building that following, but, uh, you know, I figure, you know, if I have really fun guests or really good, fun subject matter, the more people might be searching for it and say, hey, I really like this show. Absolutely. You do what you love, and people will find you. 
Yep, I'm calling all nerds and geeks out there because that's that's pretty much what <laughs> when I started doing the show and some people, some friends of mine that were listening is like, this is like the perfect nerdy geek show. And I said, well, it's supposed to be kind of nostalgic. We were talking, I'm talking about stuff we used to like when we were kids. I'm like, yeah, but that's what all us nerdy geeky people are. We're, so we still love the stuff we love was we as a kid, as a grown up, we still love it, and so we'll still go and uh, dress up as Barney Rebel going to the Flintstones movie. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it just so happens that one of the things I do really love is Disney, and I've probably covered more Disney topics in my show than I meant to. And because I'm trying not to be a Disney podcast, but it just keeps going that way. I can't imagine with a name like the Neverland Podcast why you might tend to go towards Disney. Well, I was actually thinking more towards like the actual book Peter Pan's, you know, because it's a great book, by the way. I books, was thinking that books. direction. It just happens to have a Disney connection, and so well, I just kind of fall into it. Books. That's that's what we had before the internet, right? Yeah, there were these things you'd get paper cuts on and everything, and then uh, oh, oh, analog Kindles. That's yeah, right, analog Kindle. That. Okay, good. All right, I remember. Yep. Yeah, and as Egon said, print is dead, and now unfortunately, so is Egon. Rest hey, in peace, Harold Ramis. Ah, there you go. You got a segue. One of these days, I am going to do a Ghostbusters themed show because, really, I have to. And who are you going to call? Uh, I'm probably going to call my buddy Philip. Actually, about Ghostbusters. There you go. <laughs> See what I did there? I like it. Yeah, it's always more fun if I can do things to panel discussion because I'm sure people get bored hearing me just talk. It's it's always good to have somebody to talk to. Because mm-hmm, otherwise what I end up doing, just to make sure the content is good, is I've been tracking down a lot of the audio from a lot of read-along books that might have to do with the, the topic about what I want to cover. So, so far we have listened to at least the, the first two Star Wars movies, uh, some Indiana Jones, some Goonies, you know. Anything I can manage to find some audio of, I share it. When you hear Tinkerbell's ti- chime, it is time to turn the page. Yep, and Bring. listen to the podcast a second time because it was that much fun. You you don't realize how cheesy these, these these things were until you go back and listen to them again. But they're so cheesy you can't help but love them all over again. There you go. So, alrighty, but this has been the Neverland Podcast, and as I was saying earlier, do not forget to keep your pixie with you so you can sprinkle a little bit of that pixie dust around. And anytime you need to, open up your window to the magic so you can take a look at Disneyland one more time and feel like a kid. And surround yourself with the magic. Congaloosh. Congaloosh. Oh, I didn't mean to hit that button. All right. And with that, I would like to thank Paul Berry for coming on the show. Uh, It was a wonderful time, and maybe we can get him on some other time to talk about different subjects. I know he's a fan of Doctor Who. Maybe he can come on and talk about that sometime. Uh, All of my guests are are very welcome to always return. It's always a pleasure. And also, those of you who are listening to me for the first time, because Paul Berry might have mentioned that uh, he was on my show, welcome. And I do invite you to come again next week. I do have a lot of fun in here, and I'm invite you to come along with me and hopefully have fun with me. Uh, But thanks for hitting that download button. And for those of you that were iTunes subscribers before, I hope the changing in the feed has gone through properly to where you are still here. Uh, Otherwise, I hope you find me again. But if you're hearing this, then you did find me. Thank goodness. All right. Well, you all have a wonderful time. And to hear one last little bit of funny, stick around after the intro. Or the outro, rather.
I take it you hang up to get your recorder to stop? Uh, I, I I clicked the wrong thing, but I, it did stop the recorder. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I was like, oh, that seems so rude to just cut off like that. <laughs> I was like, Bloop. oh, well, I guess we're done. It's like I didn't mean to do it that way. I meant to actually just open the recorder program and uh, hit the off, which I better actually do because it's going to start a new one here. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.